everyone and welcome to the very first episode of Babbles with Besties. I'm Maddie and in this podcast series I chat with some of my friends about topics that matter to them and hopefully to you guys too. Today I am joined in my very professional studio which is actually my cupboard with Jack who I want to say is a uni friend but let's be real you've definitely upgraded from the uni friend. The uni's been removed you are a hardcore real life friend. I know it's insane just to think like four years ago we were just sharing classes together and here we are in your cupboard recording a professional podcast. Awkwardly sitting next to each other talking about media. We met um, we both study media just for a little little bit of context there. Mm -hmm. So before we get into today's conversation, I thought it would be great if the listeners heard a little bit about you, a little bit about our friendship, and maybe you could start by telling me when you knew I was more than just a uni friend. When was I upgraded? Oh my God, there was never need for upgrade, babe. You were never just a uni friend for them. A little bit about me. Oh my gosh, where do I start? Well, I started uni five years ago because I was at the University of Wollongong, Mm. but I always wanted to come to UCID and it was just like, I'll do that first year, get out of my system, adjust to uni. So it's not that crazy, completely moving up to a new city, going to potentially like, you know, having to live on my own or with roommates. It was not something I wanted to think about. So my mom was like, just do one year in Wollongong. I did that. And I was like, mom, I'm over this. I don't want to do law and media. I need to change unis. So I moved you up were to doing U- law? I know I was for I six months. I could not imagine you. It. You're too no. fun to do law. <laughs> Literally. I was like, this is so boring. But my nickname was Elle Woods. And I got that in the <gasps> first three weeks. And everyone was like, you just need a puppy in your little Ted Baker bag. And you would be Elle Woods of Elle <sighs> So that being said, it was very clear I wasn't going to last long in law. So I left. So I did that. There was no problems. And I remember meeting Maddie in one of my first year classes. And I was like, this girl's fabulous. Like, I absolutely Stop. loved her. It was, I'm pretty sure one of the first things I said to you was, your smile is gorgeous. Because I remember <gasps> I had... My braces on, I think, still then in that first year. I had my clear braces, oh or I God, just got I totally them off. I remember that, yes. And I was like, Maddie, you've got the most beautiful smile. And I was like, she probably thinks I'm a psycho, but that's just who I am. I say things as they are, regardless of how awkward it makes people feel. And then we started collaborating in like classes, and then we would talk about group assignments, and we both did marketing majors. And yeah. I remember you're one of the few people that did that. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in this group assignment. It sucks. And you're like, Jack, you're speaking to me. Like, I know. Like, and I was like, she just gets it. We're both in the same situation of carrying team members and like having to do all the work. And we sort of bonded through that mutual stress. Jack is just one of the most um, personable and approachable people that I know. And I think definitely like being a student, not knowing anyone Mm. in your degree, no one I knew was studying media. Jack was just like a great person that like made you feel so welcome and so included. And I think for me, when I knew that you were more than just a uni friend was when we stopped hanging out at the library and actually did real world shit. Like literally just normal shit like going for coffee I'm like oh we're not studying and we're having a conversation this is great literally that was it and I definitely think like COVID-19 obviously it's changed everything something else I wanted to touch on that would get the listeners to know a little bit about you something a little bit unique is that you actually have a secret life as a celebrity (laughs) chaser please tell the listeners what that is like I don't think anyone would know um well yes I do have a bit of a hobby Maddie um and that is to meet my favorite celebrities so obviously I think everyone looks up to certain idols and I've always been curious and very very um intrigued by the idea of fame and celebrity like private planes airports shades trench coats hiding from the public eye 
And obviously studying media and, you know, Instagram's the thing, Facebook, I learned very quickly how you can use these platforms and devices. This sounds so creepy. I could assure you I'm not crazy. Maddie can vouch for that maybe just a little bit, but healthily, um, to track people down when they were visiting Sydney and <laughs> yeah, alarm bells. Alarm bells, red flags, professional stalker, watch out for Jack Shaw. Yeah, literally. So started using that to meet people and had some success yeah, and more when, and more. When I went it. to your house, you literally have... <laughs> <laughs> I want to say a gallery. Yeah, the wall, you, the wall of fame. The wall of fame. The wall of fame. Pictures of him with all kinds of celebrities. And guys, I'm serious. These are like A-list celebrities. This is not mm. D-list influencers or reality stars. This is like real world shit. So yeah. I wanted to know if maybe you could share, because I know you've met hundreds and hundreds of celebrities. And maybe if you could share maybe a standout story, maybe yeah. one of the craziest stories, that kind of thing. Because yeah. I know you do a lot to sort of, I don't know, track them down, know what flight they're taking, know what hotel they're staying at, knowing there's a secret back entrance. Like, yeah, yeah maybe share one of those stories. Oh, there's so many. It's so hard to like pinpoint, but meeting people like Katy Perry was amazing. So I flew down to Melbourne and tracked her down. Um, she that was, was while she was doing MasterChef, right? Yes. So basically she was pregnant at the time. It was right pre-COVID. And um, I flew down right before uni. No, it's actually second week of uni. I remember I took that Priorities. week off right before the pandemic. Yeah. Priorities, people. Yeah. And I was like, I messaged Maddie. I'm like, I'm not going to be in class this week. Can you just let her know, like, to send me notes? And can you tell me anything that's happening? And I didn't give any context because you don't want to be the person that jinxes it by saying, I'm going to stalk Katy Perry. It's just I had a mission. So I went down, I found out where she was staying, we followed her from there. I literally rode one of the Uber jump bikes um, from her hotel and followed her to the studio that she was recording MasterChef at and she went into like a gated compound so we couldn't get in. And then we followed from there to Channel 10, we met her underneath the project um, in her beautiful Gucci gown. Um, and the rest is sort of history. I have that photo with her and the most iconic moment. It wasn't so much stalking per se, but I was very lucky to go to Vegas and meet Gwen Stefani. I did my research as you do. I watched the show and I realized she talks with the fans um, right after Misery, one of her songs. And I was like, she always sort of like looks around where are people from, has a chat. And I was like, I'm going to make a sign. So I got a sign with the map of Australia and then put the Australian flag logo inside and then put in writing, hi, Gwen, I'm from Australia. Selfie, please, question mark. Or it was like, good day, Gwen. I've come all the way from when Australia. When have you ever said good day? Literally, like <laughs> I had to play it on. And she goes, you're from Australia? And I was like, yeah, I am. I swear, I'm from Australia. I love you. She's Lies. Like, no way. You're like, that accent is fake. And I'm like, no, I'm just gay, but I'm from <laughs> Australia. And she was like, get on up here. So I was in front of 6,000 people in Vegas, got to take a selfie with her, have a conversation. And she was hugging me, kissing me. It was the best thing ever. Oh my God, that's sounds incredible and I know mm. like obviously that's something you do for fun but it's yes. definitely a hustle 100%. which actually I think segues perfectly into our conversation for today which is all about the hustle of student life I'm sure you read the title yes. and I mean whether you're in school uni TAFE or any other education program I just could not think of a better person to chat about this topic because as it's so clear already just from the listeners <laughs> getting to know you you are one of the biggest hustlers I know has so to be done Dal. has to be done I mean we've both been in the education system for a while so I thought maybe we could start by talking about the glow up from first year to fourth year because I know <sighs> a lot has changed amen oh my god where do we even start first year we were different people girl it oh, was insane oh. yes great I used to make a lot of um effort with how I dressed and I was 100%. really concerned with like appearances yeah. I thought maybe 
if I was dressed a certain way, if I looked put together, it would just give like of a better impression. People would want to be in a group with me. I'd make new friends, but that's really not the case. I don't think anyone (laughs) actually cares. But in second year, I was showing up in like the ugliest, grossest trackies, no makeup, nothing like that. I just wanted to get in and do my studies and get out. I was not making a show of anything. 100%. I couldn't agree more. Like I remember like when I first came in, I would be there in a scarf, a hat, a trench coat. Oh my God, Jack's looks are iconic. I remember (laughs) in first year, you showed up to an, I think it was a 5 p.m. Friday afternoon class. No one was making any effort. People were dead. Showed up in like a leopard print silk (laughs) shirt. Very fake leopard um, trench coat, a hat, a scarf, really nice shoes. I don't even know what they're called. And I was like, wow, this guy has his shit together. It's Friday afternoon, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) I also have a first year horror story. Oh my God, I want to hear it. This is a cautionary tale. Oh God, what happened? Look, if this helps just one person... I mean, I'm no Mother Teresa, but I think this will help someone out there. Just, Definitely. I had an essay due at 11.59, as they usually are due. Oh I'm already getting anxiety right it was now. Due, it was due that night, and before I had met Jack, I didn't know that you're meant to turn things in a little bit early. Mm-hmm. So this was the night of. It, it was done. It was finished. I was just finessing it with all the grammar and all that shit that I needed to get done. And just as I was about to submit this assignment, which I had been working on for weeks, I was like so happy with it. My computer crashed. Oh my God. And when I opened it up, obviously all the documents sort of, they get sort of saved and they're like, do you want to save this document or whatever? And I said yes, but I accidentally re-saved my essay as my notes. No. And... I used to cross out and delete my notes after I had put them in the essay because I thought, oh, "Oh, well, I don't need them anymore. So I had no notes, no essay, and it was due in like a minute. And I burst into tears. I had a full-blown panic attack. I started taking selfies of me crying. I still have them to this day. I can probably put them on the Instagram. You need to add them on the Instagram, I'll put them on the story if you guys are interested, but... I was distraught. I've definitely learned from that mistake. I am always command A, command C, command V, whatever I have. I am one to quite famously, I think within our classes and degrees, be known to submit way too early, but it's my sort of thing. It's like, it's out of sight, out of mind. Once you've done it. Yeah, exactly. Once you've done it, you've edited. Why reread, second guess yourself and give yourself like these traumatic two weeks of, you know, sometimes it's necessary, right? I totally get, you need to revisit things and work on it, but when I'm ready, I'm ready. Yeah, and there's also so. perfectionism to the extreme. Like, you can only perfect so much, and then sometimes you just need to send it off and, it. and let it be what it is. But you actually have that really important situation of having a life, having not as much stress, and being able to work or do other things besides sitting down, head down, bum up for five and a half years, pounding out assignments, using every minute of every deadline. It's just oh, not possible. I not for me I feel like, anyway. as well, that could just totally lead to, like, burnout and just, like, crashing. 100%. 100%. You've seen it yourself. Like, so many students come in, like, dreary-eyed, like, I've been awake until 11.59. And I was like, well, I was asleep with my mask on, and it was great, and it's been in for three days. Like, <laughs> you just need to chill sometimes. Yeah. Um. Something else that I wanted to talk about as well, just yeah. shifting gears a little bit, is, I mean, obviously, we both do arts degrees, and there's a lot yes. of um different degrees and areas of studies and different um career paths that are situated within the arts yeah. and humanities. Totally. So I guess I just wanted to talk about 
maybe starting with that negative perception or stigma associated yeah. with doing an arts degree because i mean i when i started my degree i got shit on yeah. people said oh you're doing an arts degree you're going to be a broke barista there's no oh job God. prospects there but i feel like you're really passionate about this and 100%. this might only relate to the people doing arts degrees just for a moment but yeah. i feel like this is something that you're really passionate about as well 100 percent, like I do not get why people are so anti-arts degrees. Like, fast forward in, like, five years, if I am making coffees, then, you know, I can swallow my words or whatever. But in all honesty, imagine I was going from law to an arts degree. Yeah. I know in the back of my mind, my parents, like, have never ever forced me to study. They've never said, you need to do homework, you need to do this. But I knew when I said to them, I'm leaving law, the look that they were like, oh, we want you to follow your dreams. But it was a look of, oh, Good luck. Good luck. Like, yeah, like, good luck, babe. Good luck with that. Exactly. And then when yeah. I told my friends, it was exactly the same thing. They're like, why would you leave? Law's a guaranteed career. And I was like, law is not a guaranteed career. Get your head out of that idea. It's the same thing with anything. But the difference with the fact of doing an arts degree is that it is so generalist and comprehensive that you can then go and become a journalist. You can become a podcaster. You can work in TV. You can work in radio. Not only those careers, but you can then go and work in HR as like a communications assistant or HR analyst. You can then go and work in marketing. You can work in PR. Why would you not do something that you not only love, but have the ability to work in five or six different industries throughout your career, realizing that especially for people our age, You've got 50, 60 years ahead of you. I know for a fact, I don't want to sit there as a paralegal banging my head against the desk, <laughs> hating my life, if that's my only skill after five years of study. Yeah. In an arts degree, yes, of course, it's risky, it's general, but it will get your foot in the door. And especially if you're a hard worker and you are, you know, willing to hustle, you will go great places with it. Yeah. It's just why limit yourself or worse still, stop yourself from doing something you love because society tells you, oh, there's too many people doing it all. It's just too general. It's just art. Yeah, I totally agree with the idea that there's so many transferable skills that you can get from an arts degree and there's so many places you can take it, which is why it's so disappointing at least in my opinion, last year when the university started to increase the prices of arts mm. degrees, I think it was by like 113%, which Insane. is just wild. And while obviously it's not necessarily going to affect us as current students, and I know we're very lucky in that yeah. regard, I'm sort of thinking out towards like future students. They're being discouraged from pursuing an arts career mm. because the government sees it as something that's maybe not worthwhile or not something that the workforce demands and this perception that arts in some way is not as valuable or a valued aspect Definitely. or contribution to our society so it's kind of like incentivizing one career over another and yeah. making one seem more important so i mean like what are your thoughts on that no it's so it's honestly shocking that they're prioritizing stem over arts and everything else like to say one career is better than the other is totally like a null and void argument because you have to think these industries aren't going anywhere. You're always going to have to have people reporting on news, creating podcasts and cupboards. But going back to your um, question about the whole increase in fees, I just can't believe it. I think it's really sad because what it's going to do is make people who really love the degree invest in something that's going to literally cost them a house deposit to invest in, mm. which will take realistically, yes, like any graduate position. I have to make clear whether you're a doctor, a dentist, a lawyer, or a publicist, they always start low, it will take years to repay because not everyone obviously will get it paid for by their parents. It's not going to get paid for by anyone else. It's just like anything. It will be your debt that you need to pay off, right? Yeah. It's going to put you at such a disadvantage in life if you go through it just because it's something that you love. And then on the flip side, you'll get those super, super, super privileged people who are just going to have it paid out for them and handed to a platter and you'll get a very unique breed of student 
who maybe you don't necessarily want graduating with that piece of paper just because they have the money to do it. Yeah, I definitely agree. It definitely creates these financial barriers and structural inequalities where 100%. people that can afford to do an arts degree will be doing it. And then obviously like that ties into a whole conversation around privilege. And then it's, yeah, yeah as I said, create all these structural inequalities. Very and I guess it, I also think as well, people will start going into careers that they're not super passionate about just yeah. because they literally can't afford to do what they want to do. And that can build a lot of resentment and imagine just like wishing your life went another way. Yeah, they need to look at students' mental health on campus when they're like saying, oh, I'm still doing law, I'm still doing medicine, I don't want to, but my parents told me I need to, or yeah. it's the only thing I know that will give me the life that I want. I'm like, well, what's that life when you're there five days a week, eight to 10 or 12 hours a day, hating it for what, two days off in a weekend that then enables you to buy the avocado on toast. Us yeah. art students know we can still afford that avocado on toast, but love our lives. And that's yeah. what's important. I think it's interesting that you touched on mental health, especially like we've just been, like we're still in a pandemic. Now yes. a lot of universities and school students as well have been studying online. And I yeah. think that can also take a toll on your mental health. I definitely think, well, that was what we were saying before. It brought us super close together. And I think it just really revealed who are you're not just close uni friends, but close like friends. confidence and friends in life that exactly. you need to, you know, go to and say, look, I'm in this group assignment, I'm struggling. Or look, did you understand anything she was talking about in that lecture? Like no idea. To then go, babe, I just need an acai bowl. Let's go for a walk and chat or let's go and have lunch. Like you need to have those people there, not only for online learning, but in life because it's super isolating and you can't get through it. All those little questions that you have with your virtual desk buddies in lecture theatres or in tutorial rooms where it's like, oh, hey, did you do that reading? What was it about? Or it's like, oh, where are you up to in the assignment? Don't exist when you're online because it's such an effort to write the message and then, you know, slide into someone's DMs who, if you're not that close with, will be like, oh, you're just trying to get help with an assignment or what? But then when you go, yes, I was totally stressed to it through me. It's like, oh, thank God, you're not the only one going through it. You're all in the lifeboat together. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that same struggle. And then you get it out and then you go to the movies and then you go for a dinner or then you make podcasts in the cupboard. That's what it's all about. <laughs> it's so Don't important Don't expose me. We're in a professional studio. It's what are you talking about? I love the insulation. It's incredible. The insulation being... um jumpers and clothes but yeah no as well I think with um online learning and stuff it was really um a unique experience to get into group projects as well working and collaborating especially with people that you've never met before and I know yeah. even in person I feel like when you say group projects everybody just groans and everyone knows it's just the worst thing ever it's the bane of our existence it's the bane of our existence so I thought maybe we could talk about <laughs> some of our worst group project drama and horror stories whether that was mm. during remote learning or if that was a couple of years ago when we had to work in groups in person because I yeah. think me and you are quite similar in the sense that we both sort of carry the team Definitely. I feel like everyone in my life that I know says group projects I do all the work which yeah. I don't agree with because if everyone's doing all the work where are all the other people 100%. not doing the work and if there's one person out of four doing the work yeah. then only a quarter of the people are doing the work exactly so why does everyone I speak to do the work and I'm making little quotation quotation marks bubbles yeah. at the moment Screech but um it. yeah tell me about it Honestly, mine, probably the worst was during remote learning because now they can hide behind a computer. It's like, you know, cyberbullying. It's so much easier to do behind oh, a computer. Muted, camera off, hide, exactly. do you exist? A hundred percent. It's like they just don't exist. So I had one with four people and I'm not saying I did all the work because I actually did do all the work. But like, <laughs> I'm telling you not even opening the Google Doc 
not writing a line because it's a very simple thing to do. The good thing about Google Docs, not sponsored, not an advertisement. I wish. Is that you can, ch- amen, sis. You can check. It's the first episode. We'll get there. <laughs> 100%. Very, very soon. But you can check edit history. And they're like, no, I put it in last night. And I'm so like, bitch, mm, I don't need to be a detective to know you did it. Literally. Lies. Screenshots, sending group chat, and then they see the image that exposes them and did they you, don't Did respond. you screenshot and send to your group? Oh, 100%. I keep the receipts. I'm like Kim K with those. I will expose name and shame if you are not doing your work because why should I sit there eight hours of my day taking it out to write up a 4,000-word group report and then slapstick your name on it and you get a HDROD as well? That's not fair. How did they respond to being exposed or, like, called out? Their response was seen. And then eventually, two days later, I get this mammoth, mammoth expose of you have unrealistic expectations we're not handing it in this is a day before it's due mind you i'm usually as i said before like five seven oh, days you would have been schwitzing literally i i adjusted you know it's all about it's like a relationship it's all about compromise i compromised and said fine we're just handing the day before they had not done anything they're not written a word i just didn't put their name on the paper and oh. i didn't put their student number and their peer evaluations oof sis Wonder how they went overall because I went ham and yet it has to be done. I'm, I'm sorry, Dal. Come to the party or don't. If you don't RSVP, you don't get to enjoy the drinks. I'm such a pushover with group evaluations. Even if nobody does anything, I will give everyone a hundred because <gasps> no. maybe I'm just too much of a people please. I don't want to cause drama. But yeah, I'm trying to think of my worst experience. Probably a couple Maybe a year or so ago, it was for a marketing assignment and I was in a group of four and we did get to choose our groups, but obviously yeah. like you don't know anyone on the first day. It's all based on first impressions and yeah. the group I had joined um, made a really good first impression. I'm like, hey, this is looking up. I think yeah. this is going to be a great year. It was not. Shock. Mm, no <laughs> Spoilers. Um, basically, it was a group of three girls and a boy and one of the girls and the boy they started flirting, started hooking up, started oh, getting Lord. involved is the best way. Yeah, get I... a D, get a D, right? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my, my God, Lord. that's funny. Um, but, yeah, no, and then it didn't really work out between them, and that caused a bit of drama in the group. And Did just... they both stay or did one leave? Or... No, they were there, but it just made it really difficult, and it was just me and this other girl. Thank God it wasn't a group of three. I would have been, like, probably oh, counselling them through their relationship yeah. rather than Dr. actually Phil. doing the assignment. Yeah, that was a bit traumatic. It's really, like is puzzling because I feel like um, universities justify group projects as, oh, this is collaboration is a life skill you're going to need in the workplace Mm, one day. Lies. Lies. If someone's lazy or flaky or disorganized or just clueless, you get fired. You get fucking fired. So You don't don't... have the job, babe. See you later to your salary. There's no one picking up your slack. In the workplace, everyone does have their bad days and we talk about it. And, and everyone has different work ethics as well and different totally. priorities. Exactly. As well. But as long as you're hitting those KPIs, you're meeting group projects, you're fine. But for the most part, if you don't do it, you will be exposed and you'll get a bit of slack. But that slack doesn't last a long time. Yeah. You have to pick up your game. You're employed for a position. And that's just the corporate world. It's just capitalism, whatever you want to read into it. But it is true. You're hired to do a job. And if you're not doing it, there's a thousand other people out there that will. Yeah, I totally agree. And speaking of jobs and stuff as well, a lot of students might be thinking of doing an internship. Yes. So I thought maybe we could chat a little bit, maybe some advice as well on how to ace an internship or make a good impression or maybe just your um, opinions on internships in general, anything you want to chat about. Okay, so mine is a very interesting, I think, perspective on internships. I think it's a little bit of a dichotomy because I've had very good ones and very bad. 
but I think it's totally necessary to do one or two, but I would limit it at that. I would cap it. Why do you say that? I think it's just the important foot in the door in places, right? Once you've done your six weeks of one day a week or your three months of one day a week, whatever it is, once you've done that, you've got the internship experience and it's either up to them to obviously pay you as a freelancer or offer you some sort of remuneration for it because otherwise you get trapped into a cycle and you get those like mediocre tasks that not only are not developing your career, but as a bottom line, you're not getting financial you know, compensation for it. Mm. And I think you need to realize it might be hard to crack into that first paid role. But once you do that one or two in the first or second internship, I wouldn't say even three because realistically they're usually three months. It's a long time to be interning. You have to go, no, I'm just going to be on like struggle street applying everywhere until I get something. Mm. Because when do you start otherwise? I'm not expecting you to obviously go out with no skills and expect to be paid. But once you've got that, go balls to the wall, apply everywhere and you'll get those paid jobs. And then in good internships I've had, the one I did for six weeks, one day a week, ultimately did lead to a paid role. Oh, that's great. And that was amazing. And not only a paid role, but very highly paid. It involved like career development. It wasn't anywhere near my interning task anymore, but it was just that first sort of, is this person a halfwit or actually decent at what he does? <laughs> and when they realize that, if they're a good place, if there's opportunities, you will get them and you will make money. And then Bob's your uncle, you're in the industry and it's only upwards from there. Yeah, I agree with you, but I do have a slightly differing perspective because yeah. I have done quite a few internships. Yeah. I feel like for me, I feel like I've learned more from my internships than actually from any class that I've been to. Because oh, I feel like 100%. you get to understand the yeah. dynamics of maybe like the real world pressures yeah. of deadlines. And, and I know you have deadlines at university, but it's, um, it's a bit different when there's maybe clients or teams or people there's involved. There's money on the line. Exactly. Yeah. It's a bit more, um, there's a little bit more at stake. And I feel like it's been a really great experience. Um, I agree. Maybe once you leave university or something yeah. like that, then that's when you should start looking for a paid career because of you've course. developed your skills. 100%. But um, I don't think you need to cap it at one or two. Like I'd say mm. go off and do as many as you'd like while yeah. you're while you're still at school and while, while you still can, while you don't have to have the, um, hopefully the pressure of... True having another job but that being said most of us do have another job um yeah on top of potentially an internship and university most students are working at another part-time job be it maybe in retail or hospitality yeah. or receptioning or totally. it really could be anything maybe it's a side hustle which i think people really underestimate like how much students have going on in their lives we're not just yeah. chilling we're not just like hanging out we are trying to like make a name for ourselves get our yeah. careers like kick-started and that's a lot of time and a lot of responsibilities and a lot of balance and scheduling that you need in order 100%. to in order to stretch yourself so thin, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, you're not only juggling deadlines at uni, you're juggling, obviously, a social life with your friends. If you're lucky to be in a relationship or you're looking for one, that too. You're then juggling, obviously, an internship. Love life, yeah, we didn't even touch on that. Exactly. That's a whole other minefield in itself. That's it. Then paid work, then family time. Like, it's so much bigger and more intense than anything else we've sort of done in our lives that I think people underestimated as, oh, it's just a time to, you know, like, please get degrees and just piss up your pay from your retail job against the wall. And that's not the case. It's, obviously, it might be some people's, but for the majority of students I've seen and people that I surround myself with, they are really working that hustle. You're constantly juggling. And I don't think we get anywhere near enough slack as we deserve. And yeah. I know that's such a millennial thing. We need to be like, you know, looked after more and people need to give us the benefit of the doubt. But it's true. It's so much more competitive now. There's so many more people out there competing for jobs. There's always that pressure of getting good grades. There's 
this pressure of if you don't have a relationship, oh, you must be different or weird, or oh, you need to have friends as well. It's all these competing things that if you don't keep them balanced and in check, one impacts the other. And yeah. I think we need a bit more psych with that. And I definitely don't want it to come across like we're complaining. Like this is no, all, we're so lucky not. and very privileged to be in a position 100%. where we can balance all those things. Um, But I guess I agree. It's just like, students i don't think are given enough credit for how much they have going on in their lives we're totally ridden off it's like oh you're at uni it's totally fine no not anymore it's you have to work hard yeah because i feel like sometimes if you've just got like a full-time job and you're out of uni your priority is just on that you're focusing on that job all day it's not like your mind is scattered in so many other places which can be like really like tolling as we touched on before mental health as well like yeah. there's so many sort of think pieces and articles about like motivation and burnout student burnout and 100%. all sort of the sort of the struggles and the the mental health struggles that students undergo because there's so much pressure to succeed and and 100%. to compete and i think competition as well is like a big part of the student experience yeah whether or not say you're not competing in terms of grades because everyone's on their own journey yeah but there is still this element of competition in the sense that like oh someone else got an opportunity oh i would have liked that and yeah i think there is like a bit of um tall poppy syndrome in australia where like someone who is doing super well feels like maybe they can't like talk about it and they need to be cut down a peg one thing i learned very early on if we go way back to this first to fourth year thing never ever 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 compare yourself to other people you're so on your own journey you are your own biggest enemy and i know that's so like preachy and like motivational but it's so true you're the person who didn't apply for that internship or didn't apply for that job that that other person got you are the person who didn't put as much effort into your last assignment as you would have liked and you're now upset with your grade you're the person who is sleeping in too late and not being able to make time for friends or family or this or that if you can get things in check, you can be that person that everyone goes, oh, why? Oh, my God, look at them. Look at what they're doing. It's great. And then you just say to them, it's not that at all. I'm. No one is, you know, top shit, the bee's knees, has got it all in order. It's never like that. It may appear so, but yeah, everyone has their Especially with social media. It, yes. And as we know, like social media is a facade. It's a highlight reel. And people are sharing their successes. And, oh, they yep. graduated. Oh, they got this graduate position. And it can make you feel like pretty shitty about yourself if you're not like experiencing those same things or if you don't feel like you're progressing at the same rate that everyone else is but i totally agree everyone's on their own journey and you shouldn't see someone else's success as your own failure you should say wow they've got the success and that's something i can do also it's like it's an adjacent thing it's not it's not like them doing well means you can't do well also exactly look every flower blooms at a different time but nonetheless they bloom everyone will get there in the end Everyone will go down their own different pathways and have amazing successes and happiness. And that's all that really matters. As long as you're happy in what you're doing and you learn not to compare yourself, it doesn't matter. As long as you're happy and you're killing your game and you're loving your life, go for it. That's all I can say. Wow. Stuff the tall poppy syndrome. You're so motivational. Honestly, I feel like I need to like record you and just like listen to your voice every oh morning. Stop, I die. You, I don't, you do not want that every morning, I can assure you. Yeah. And like just going off what you said, although I feel like you encapsulated that perfectly. I think um imposter syndrome is something that is super common amongst students, like people yeah. feeling like they're not worthy of their own successes or no. this internalized feeling of like being exposed as a fraud. Like, how did I get this job or how did I get this internship? They're gonna find out that I actually don't don't know what the fuck I'm doing I think as you were saying everyone should just like realize that you are there because you worked hard and because you have the skills and the talents 
to be there. You wouldn't be there if you didn't deserve to be. So I think people should just, um, well, that's yeah. it. Like you, you have the tools, like when you're hired for a job, you're not hired because you've done it all before. Cause that's stagnation, right? Like, mm-hmm. unless you want that, but most places they call it a career opportunity for a reason. You're there to gain experience and for a company to help teach you and take your pre-existing skills, your pre-existing tools and build that into a proper toolkit or a well-rounded employee. And that's exactly what it is. And of course, when you get a new role, you're like, shit, how did I swing this? I must've done that interview. Well, oh God, like people are going to look and go, how can they do this? Or like, I totally fudged that. They're going to find out I'm actually incompetent or whatever. But you're not. They saw something in you. They chose you for it. Now swallow that sort of fear of like failure. They know what they're doing. They're professionals. They they recruited you for a reason or whatever the opportunity is. That's it. Flip that over and just go for it and own it. And you will master and you'll go, shit, I never thought I could do that. And here I am. And I've done that. And you'll now be looking to the next opportunity and kicking more ass. That's all I can say. Amen. Before we wrap up today's episode one more thing I wanted to chat about was the fact that I have one year left of uni Jack you are graduating sometime this year yes I feel like this is an interesting one because we've been in the education system our whole lives you start off in preschool then you go to um, primary or high Mm -hmm. school and then for some people you go to uni you go to TAFE you go to another external education course and now we're looking at going into the unknown that we're not going to have this structure of um, semester holidays, semester holidays, which I yeah. feel like has sort of, stru- which has totally like structured our entire mm. lives and we're entering our professional lives at a really precarious yeah. time oh God, with COVID and everything else going on in yeah. our world and starting our careers from the ground up. So I just want to know, how are you feeling? <laughs> Scared. No. Um, look, when you think about it, the first instinct within me anyway is, like you get the wind and you're like, oh, this is intense. Yeah. But with every peak or trough, it always goes up and down, right? There's a, There's been a pandemic, there's no doubt about that. The media industry has changed so much in the past year. But there will still always be jobs. There will still always be new jobs. And I hate saying the word, but we're all going to pivot. And <laughs> it's scary. It's really daunting, you know, being in this whole idea of just education is all we've known. But it's so exciting. Yeah. It's like when you you know, move into a new place or you move into a new neighborhood or I move different cities, blah, blah, blah. Like everything is so exciting. You have to look at it as a positive. And the fact that you may be looking for work isn't the fact that, oh, tragically, yes, many people have lost their jobs, but it's still new opportunities. Yeah. It's so exciting. You just got to snap out of the, oh, I'm looking because I need to, oh my God, I've got this piece of paper and I'm not qualified. No, that piece of paper is five years of hard work that you earned to get. It didn't come in a cereal box. You've got that. Now use it, abuse it, get the degree, get the job, get the internship, whatever you need. And then you'll just be on an amazing trajectory. It may take a day. It may take a month. It may take a year, however long. But the fact of the matter is, yes, it's scary to be leaving it, but it's so exciting at the same time. Yeah, and like, I think, It's so exciting. And I think it's comforting to know that everyone is sort of in the same position. Everyone, yes. everyone is feeling just as uncertain as you are. So if 100%. you are in a position right now where you just don't know what to do and, and you're just feeling really lost and uncertain, just know you're not alone because we all have our moments where we're like, what the fuck? Oh, amen. <laughs> it's, it's a daily occurrence. 
Well, on that note, I think that's all we have time for today, oh, Jack. It's so much fun. I love this. Oh my God. I want to come back to the cupboard, go back into the closet. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on today's show and helping me lose my podcast virginity. No, I'm um, glad I helped pop the cherry. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Beautiful. it's so great that you're here and it couldn't have been anyone else but you. Oh my God. Thank you so much. And I hope all of you enjoyed listening. I look forward to hearing all your amazing stories with more Babbles with Besties with the fabulous Maddie. Thanks so much for listening to Babbles with Besties. Please subscribe. And if you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please leave me a five-star review. I'll be so appreciative. I'll be babbling in your ears next week 